We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, the John Chuckra Show, halfway home on this Monday evening. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site, catch on the go. Social media at on the game. I'm at JMCH316 on Twitter. We've got Day Day producing the show here tonight. Hey, maybe the dog days of summer, but check out Odyssey's big-time baseball podcast with Cody Decker, Tony Gwynn, and MLB insider John Heyman, John Heyman excuse me, covering all things. Hey, man covering all things MLB. Uh, if you're looking for the inside scoop on what's happening in baseball, uh, this is the podcast for you. New episodes of Big Time Baseball every Monday on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts from. So earlier today, the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons was on with Andy and Randy, the midday guys, and um, we're going to do it the way that we like to do it. You know, we take the thing and break it down into clips and react to what was said by the general manager. So that's what we've got here. Our guy Day Day's broken this all down. So let's hear from Terry Fontenot talking about the quarterback competition. It's been great. And, and, and look, we have a lot of competition at every position. Um, I, I thought Dave uh, Archer said it well the other day when he was talking about Joe Montana going into San Francisco's camp, fighting for his job. And that's the mindset at every position. Everyone's here knowing they're, they're fighting not only with the, the players here for, for, for their jobs, but also outside the building. We have an excellent personnel staff that's uh, looking at every other roster, and, and we're always trying to bring in competition from outside the building. But at, at that position, it's been great. Um, we're really excited about where, where Desmond is, excited about where Marcus is. Both players, obviously, you see the physical tools and the traits. They're mobile. They run around. Uh, you see the throws that they're making out on the field. So they both have all the physical traits, but the, 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 the makeup, really the way they prepare, the, the mental, the, the types of teammates they are. Um, we've been very pleased with both players, and, and we're excited about that. I'm confused. I thought the blue checkmark media told me that there was no competition, that Mariota is the starter because of what the quarterback's coach said a week ago. How could there be competition if the quarterback's coach said that? Because he makes all the decisions, right? Oh, he doesn't? Oh, okay. So there is uh, – and again – Marcus Mariota is going to be the starter. But the idea that they're not competing, the idea that Mariota doesn't have at least some competition to make sure that he does nail down the job is kind of crazy talk. Rather the blue check. By the way, can I ask a question too? When did Joe Montana fight for his job? Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, even when Steve Young was there, with all due respect, Montana was already a what a three time Super Bowl champion at that point. Yeah. 
When did he ever fight for his job? Yeah, I mean, he pretty much came in and, and took over. Okay. I, I don't remember him fighting for his job, even when Steve Young was there. But uh, now he left. You know, he left to go to the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Right. Decided to leave and move on. He knew that, you know, they had their quarterback waiting in the wings, and it was time to move on. But that's not – I know. Anyway. All right. Here's Terry Fontenot talking about a successful training camp. is about building competition to a high level. And, and I would say it's, it's all about the competitiveness that we see out there and, and the way that if we have players fighting and competing for jobs, and, and that's what's most important. Um, the, the, the number one factor you're, you're evaluating right now is does the player know what to do? We want to be the smartest, toughest, most competitive football team in the NFL. So the number one factor is do they know what to do? Can they take it from the meeting room onto the field? And can they do it the way they're being coached? And they, can they do it with high effort? That's what's most important. And when you see that at every position and when you see the competition, that's when you know you're going to have a good football team because once we get into the season, you want a team that's going to go out there and fight and compete and do literally whatever they can do to win every single game, whatever day of the week it is. So when you see the competition out here, you're not going to see it on game day if you don't see it out here. So when you have players that are out there competing, that's when I would say you have a successful training camp. I've said before, I can't remember the last time there were this many spots up for competition with the Atlanta Falcons. Certainly the quarterback position hasn't been in doubt for 14 years. But just overall, I can't – I literally can't remember when this team had this many spots. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back, right? I mean, three offensive linemen. I, I can't remember when this team had this many guys – there are this many spots that are up for grabs. Here's uh, Terry Fontenot talking about how Eddie Goldman and his retirement affected the defensive line. Like you say, with Goldman, anytime you sign a player that time of the year, there's a chance for that. And, uh, and, and so we supported him, and, and, and you know, we root for him moving forward. I'll say on the defensive line, we like the competitiveness. Obviously, Grady showed up in outstanding shape, and, and he looks the best he's, he's ever looked. He's been outstanding, and we, there's a lot of competition outside of him. But again, like at every position, we're looking. And we're always looking. We're looking to bring in competition. So we see some good things in this building right now with some of the veterans and some of the young guys. But we're always looking outside the building, um, whether we're talking about signing players off the street, trading for players, and it's not going to stop as the season starts. A guy like Rush, we sign our Pinnell, we sign those guys during the year. It doesn't, it doesn't end at the final cutdown. We're always trying to find help. Well, more than just competition, though, you have to find guys who can play. You know, that, that's what this team needs. This, I, I appreciate the competition thing, right? And that's the buzzword this year. I need players. I need guys who on Sunday line up and can get it done. That's what I need more than anything. You know, I appreciate and understand competition. But I got to have guys who can come in here and be difference makers and play. Guys who can make an impact and, and help my team to win football games. More than just compete for a spot. Here's uh, Fontenot talking about always scouting players on other teams and hints at trade possibilities. Well, it, it's a, it, it, sometimes it's not a guy popping free. Sometimes it's not a guy getting cut. Sometimes it's a trade. Um, again, at every spot, I, I, I love our pro department, and they're really pounding the pavement, and they're, they're assessing these other rosters. So um, that's our job to do that. It, it, it's never – it's a fluid process throughout the whole year. Yeah, I mean, remember, um, and obviously a different regime – but remember, the Super Bowl year, Andy Levitre was traded for the week of the regular season. They, that, that when the regular season was about to get underway, they made that trade for Andy Levitre. 
and he took over that left guard, or sorry, that right guard spot for the Falcons that year, and obviously it was the Super Bowl year. So, yeah, you, you can you can bide your time and wait because you're also waiting to see who does get cut. I mean, let's be honest. You're waiting to see what guys get cut if there's a player that, whatever it is, cap situation, cap casualty or anything like that, you're always waiting to see if one of those guys gets cut before you have to give up assets and trade. I think that's what I think there are a lot of teams in the league right now looking at Deion Jones like that. Hey, if we if we don't trade for him, they're going to cut him. Well, maybe maybe not. All right, here's uh, Fontenot talking about competitiveness on this team as real as evidenced by Saturday's practice. It's true. The competitiveness is real, and and, and that's at that's at every spot. And it's not just, again, in the one-on-one periods or when you're at the point, but it's backside. It's all the things you see uh, linemen running 30 yards downfield trying to escort running backs into the end zone. And so now we put on the pads. And, and now we can really see because a lot of those positions, really every position on the, on the field, but the pads really define you. So we're going to start seeing some separation. You ask about the D-line. Okay, now we're putting pads on. Let's see. And so it's, uh, it's, the competitiveness has been outstanding, though, and it, it's been fun to watch, and it does. It speaks to the character of the team. We've got a lot of guys out there that love football and love to compete. Okay, I, I get the pads thing. You're not going to see that until you go up against somebody with a different colored hat. When you have somebody with a different colored hat, then that's when we'll, we'll see it. Lining up in pads against your own guys isn't going to – answer any real questions either. It, it, may, it may tell you who not to play, but it may not tell you who to play, right? So, yes, I mean, you have so few padded practices in football anymore because that's what the Players Association has negotiated away, right? I mean, you, you, they've negotiated down to where there's barely any padded practices. So even padded practices don't get me inspired and all that. At least they're hitting but after a week of that, everybody's ready to go find a guy with a different colored hat on. All right? I mean, that's the NFL. You want to line up against somebody else other than your own guys. That's where I think the practices are, are going to be most valuable is when they get against whatever it is, Jacksonville and things like that, where they're going to have practices against other teams. Now I'm a little bit more inspired. But until we get to that point, just putting pads on and simply letting guys go hit for a little bit doesn't excite me hugely. Um, Terry Fontenot on Grady Jarrett's extension. No, because he was motivated uh, to get it done. He wanted to be here, and and just like we were talking about, you want to reward players like that, Um, able to give him the extension, able to give Jake an extension, and and Youngway. That's exciting because those are the kind of players that you you want to build around because of who they are as people, the type of teammates they are. Obviously, they're good football players, but you know they're they're multipliers. They're going to make people around them better because they really care about and love this team. And, and Grady's one of those guys, and we're, we're really appreciative to have him. Yeah, look, I mean, it would have been weird to not have Grady Jarrett anymore on this roster, right? You know, it would have been, would have been very strange for Grady Jarrett to have moved on. The problem, not the problem with Grady, but the problem is you have to get some guys around Grady. You know, Grady is not Aaron Donald, and you got to give him some help. At least give him some competent help. That Detroit Lions game, we keep going back to triple teaming him. You triple team a guy in this league, he ain't going to get anything done. And if the rest of your guys are so bad that you have to triple team, you know, that you have to triple team, that you can, that you can get away with triple teaming a guy and not get any production, then what does that tell you about where your player personnel evaluation is?
right? So uh, they got a lot of work, especially on this defensive line. You know, I have my questions about the interior, what that's going to look like. I'm hoping Marlon Davidson, I like what he looks like physically. I'm hoping that he can get adjusted. Remember, he's a guy who played inside and outside at Auburn. I'm hoping that he gets himself adjusted. You know, I'm going to be curious to see who they put, you know, Taquan Graham and all that. Okay, I got to be honest with you, those guys don't inspire me. Eddie Goldman's a better player than anybody not named Grady Jarrett. And he retired. I'm not inspired by what they have on the defensive line. The, you know, I got to see more out of Marlon Davidson, Taquan Graham, guys like that. I, I'm, I'm not inspired or excited. I know Marlon Davidson had the big pick six against Tom Brady, but outside of that, I haven't seen him make a play. I'm hoping because these are the guys we're going to go to battle with, but I have my doubts about all of it. All right, here's Fontenot talking about Dean Pease's speech the other day and how the team evaluates personalities that fit in with the club. Cool thing about Dean, too, is that's who he truly is. He's that passionate, and he really cares and loves his team. But it's it's we're measuring it in, in literally everything they do, no different than when a college – so the college scouts are out right now, and they're already working on the 23 class, and they're in the buildings right now, and they don't just talk to uh, the head coach or the position coach. They talk to everybody in that building, uh, whether we're talking about academic services, they talk about the previous teammates, they talk, about, talk to people on campus. We want to know who those human beings truly are. And it's, it's not a perfect, not like a perfect science that we can always, but it's, a, it's every part of it. So, again, when the players are here, we're looking at literally every part of what they do and, and, and who they are as human beings. Not just if they're making the plays on the field, but how do you respond when you have a bad day, when you have a bad play, when you get beat? Are you putting your head down and walking away? Are you flying downfield um, to, to trying to make that play? And, and, and Coach does a good job of seeing every single thing, everything the players are doing. It, 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 there's a reason for it. Well, look, I love Dean Pease. We talked about it earlier in the show, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on as well. Um, I love the comments that he made, and I appreciate that. And I love the passion and the fire. You have to have players, though. <laughs> you know, I mean, all of that stuff is, is good, but, you know, you have to have the players to make it. Look, again, I love the passion and the fire. If you trot out Stephen Means for 14 games and get three quarterback hits and no sacks, your defense isn't better. There's nothing you can do to make your defense better if you ain't got some personnel. That's why I'm so hopeful that Troy Anderson, Arnold Katie, you know, and obviously getting Richie Grant in the mix more, Jalen Hawkins. That's why I'm hoping so much for those guys because that's the guys you've drafted. That's the guys you've picked to be a part of this thing. And if you start missing on those guys, you're not going to build your team. You're not going to be able to build your roster the right way. You could tell me about having $100 million, this, that, and the other. That's not how you build your roster in the NFL. Now, you can supplement your roster and make some moves here or there to help you out and, and take a team that's good and put them over the top, but that's not how you build the foundation of your roster. You have to draft guys. You need cheap, young labor. That's what it is. You have to have young, cheap labor, and that's through the draft. You have to have guys that outplay their contracts. It can't be first and second rounds or busts and hopefully get something out of your fourth and fifth and sixth rounders. If you build your roster around fourth, fifth, and sixth rounders, you'll be a losing club for a long time in the NFL. You have to hit on your high draft capital. There's a reason why a lot of those guys get paid the kind of money that they do. Yeah, there's the diamonds in the rough. There's the Tom Brady's and stuff like that. But so many of the, the quarterbacks in the league that are top tier are all first-round guys for a reason. That's where all the talent is. So, We'll see. I'm excited, uh, you know, for it. And uh, training camp will keep going right along. And 
We'll have all your coverage right here on the home of the Falcons, 92.9 The Game. All right, when uh, we come back, it'll be time for That's Life. Um, this is the pot calling the kettle black, plus our top ten. It's all next. Chuck Reed in the Key Studios. Sports right now the game, the Odyssey.com app. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show. 922 live in the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers. Diamond Text on to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site. Catch on the go. Social media at 929 The Game at JMCH316. Hey, uh, Kenny Maine joined the Odyssey family with his new podcast, Hey Maine. Each week, he's talking to athletes, musicians, celebrities, just about anybody else. This coming Thursday, Jamel Hill will join him for an episode. Download Hey Maine for free on the Odyssey app, wherever you ever get your podcast from. And you can listen to every Falcons game, along with all the music and news that Atlanta needs right here for free on the Odyssey app. We'll get to our um, uh, top ten here in just a couple minutes. This is pretty rich. So there's been a growing trend in Mexico City of Americans coming in to remotely work in the city because of the cheap amenities and things that it has. And now the the population of the city is aggravated and upset by all of this. In fact, they're putting up posters and different things around town. One poster um, that was put up around town said, new to the city, working remotely, you're an effing plague and the locals effing hate you, leave. Um, another poster. Please don't. The city is becoming more and more expensive every day in, in part because of people like you and you don't even realize or care about it. They're being These Americans now that are going there are being called, uh, and I love these kinds of um, um, words, neo-imperialism. Isn't this all the pot calling the kettle black? People in Mexico City fired up about the Americans that are coming there and working, stuff like that. Which, by the way, if you really know about and understand immigration, 
the Mexican people don't like people coming into their country at all. Go go try to get in. Go try to get in from Central America into Mexico once, and see how well that how, see how easy that is. It ain't like going from you know Waco or whatever you know into the into the, you know in the United States and Mexico. They don't like immigration. It's just funny to hear about these people putting these posters up around there and all the different things that they that they have to sit to say. Because somebody, one American, put out there: do yourself a favor and work remotely in Mexico City. It is truly magical, and that just opened up the floodgates and things like that. Um, it says here, clear financial incentives are drawing America to Mexico City. The average local salary is four hundred fifty dollars a month. For the cost of a 2,001 bedroom in Koreatown, uh, and Angelino can rent a penthouse um, there. So anyway, uh, yeah, people are not, Mexican people are not happy that Americans are coming in there and working remotely and things like that. Talk about, you know, has, has the world come full circle at this point? Because now it definitely feels like it is. Anyway, um, happy birthday to uh, Devon Dudley, Reverend Devon Dudley. Obviously, one of the great tag teams of all time, along with um, Bubba Ray Dudley, um, or uh, what, what, what was he called? Um, uh, Bully Ray. Bully Ray when he was in, uh, in uh, TNA and all that. Also, happy birthday today to Jerry Garcia, who was the front man for the band um, The Grateful Dead. And I've said many times before, I never understood or get or anything the appeal of The Grateful Dead. I think their music sucks. I think their songs suck. I don't understand why people would tour the world to go watch The Grateful Dead all the time. Never understood any of it. But they sold Oh, yeah. Out Listen, they make majorly, gazillions of dollars. Yes. They've had all kinds of hit albums. They've never had a hit yes. song. I think they had one hit song. Touch of Grey was it. But they've had all kinds of top albums. I never understood their music. Never got them. So with that, tonight's top ten list. The top ten musical acts or artists you never got or understood the appeal of. Day Day, the floor is yours. All right, so going to start off here with uh, my number uh, 10, New Kids on the Block. Oh, man, how do you not how do you not understand New Kids on the Block? Hanging were, Tough? Come Let on. me tell you, nah, that, just, that song, The for, Right Stuff, I, I, brother, uh, yeah, brother I when that it. song comes on the radio, I still dance in the car nah, when that comes on the radio. Just wasn't the move for oh, me. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, oh, you got to oh, see oh, Chuckery right now. He's man. literally in here I mean, dancing. Yeah, I mean, when that song comes on. <laughs> You know, come on! Oh man, new kids uh, are awesome. Nah, couldn't couldn't that get into them. That was my high school years when they came out. Um, the next one on the list that I could not get into, kind of, you know, he was a brother. Uh, Marky Mark, love Mark Wahlberg, the actor, but I could not get into Marky Mark. Yeah, I mean, you know, rapper. he pretty much gave up music, you know, very early on, yeah. right after Good Vibrations and all that. He yeah. just kind of gave up music very early. Yeah, I, I just couldn't get into his stuff. Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, um, you know they were in the wrestling industry. Yeah, they for a did. While. I remember when they did. Yep. Yep. They. I, I. I'm with you. I. I don't understand the appeal of any of their music. Yeah. Uh, Millie Vanilli, and we oh. kind of found out why. Oh, come on. <laughs> that. Listen, I don't care who sang that album. That album is fantastic. Blame it on the rain, girl. You know it's. Listen, you tell me if girl, you know it's true comes on in the car. 
You ain't dancing and boogieing around. I'm not. Oh. I'm not. You and unfortunately, no it's one no of those soul. songs that was on the radio so, so much awesome. yeah, that I know it, the words Blame to it. it on the rain and all those songs that they yeah, had. Yeah, I just, I couldn't oh, get into them, I love them, Millie Vanilli. I don't, get care. Into them. I don't care who sang their songs, man. I love Millie Vanilli. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the list, Vanilla Ice. Wasn't digging them. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. Not, a, not could, a big fan of Ice Ice Baby? No, no. You know, the, you know ice, the, ice the record company manipulated so much, they... When Ice Ice Baby went to number one, mm-hmm. the, the the single went to number one, the record company immediately pulled it. Because so, back in those days, you were number one based upon your sales. Right. Based upon you know, your sales of your singles exactly. and stuff like that yeah. and albums and everything. They pulled the record, Ice Ice Baby, when it hit number one after a week because they wanted to drive album sales right. for it. And they, they literally pulled That's why it only spent one week at number one. Is because the record company manipulated it. They came in and pulled it off, and people did not like that. They wow. People did not like the idea of them manipulating it like that, and they had to go buy the full album right. instead of, like, the cassette single or CD single right. and right. all that kind of stuff. They manipulated it big time, and people backlashed against it because that song only went to number one for one week wow. because of that reason. Wow. All right, well, my next guy, uh, I know he won a Grammy. In fact, I heard uh, Carl Dukes mention him, and they were singing his song earlier today, but Coolio was not a Coolio fan. Wow. Sorry. Okay. Wasn't wasn't for me. (laughs) What was that? um, uh, The Gangsta Paradise? Yeah, no, what was the other one? Was it? Uh, fantastic uh, Voyage. Yeah, fan, the, it had the Fantastic Voyage yeah, sample. Yeah, it had that, yeah, it had that yeah. sample in there. Ride, ride, slide, slide. Yeah, yeah, One, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. 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 No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next up, um, Spice Girls. Oh, come on now. Uh, oh. I get it. They looked great, but musically, oh, I uh, love their they music. weren't doing yeah, it Yeah, absolutely. Me. No. Yeah. yeah. When, now, two, the, when the, two become the, one, love yeah, that song. Now, I did like Nicole, whatever her last name was. She was, she, she was no, the one. No, you're thinking of the Pussycat Oh, yeah, balls. I'm thinking of them. Yeah. Sorry. Nicole Spice, Schesinger yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but yes. still, Spice Girls of, couldn't yeah. dig them. Uh, I, I, was, I was definitely a Mel B fan who hooked up with Eddie Murphy. Yep. And definitely. Did, um, did they have kids together? They yes, had kids together yes, too, right? Yeah. Yes. Or I think she has a kid that she claims is his. At right. Least. Right. Um, and then, um, oh, who was the girl that was the uh, also had posed nude in some magazines? I don't. I yeah. don't know. Because there was but... Mel B, Mel C. There was Scary Spice, Sporty Spice. Right. Um, I can't remember the other ones at this point. Yeah, but I could. I wasn't feeling them. Oh, um, a more Love recent them. girl group, Danity Kane. That was the one Diddy was behind. Okay. Um, wasn't feeling them. And I then don't my, them. My, I, I remember. I remember Big Daddy Kane. I want to say Danity Kane was after. Like that was when all the whole da- making the band okay. stuff remember, was going on. I remember on. Destiny's Child. I remember Big Daddy. Big Daddy, Daddy Kane. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember that. Danity other one, Kane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And my number one, I never could get into this guy. Never. Marilyn Manson. I just, oh, you know, he's from my hometown. Really? He's another guy from Canton, Ohio. Went okay. to Glen Oak High School. Yeah. yeah I graduated was, from Glen Oak High School. Yeah, no, nah, I couldn't. I couldn't wrap my head You know, he around. was famous for about 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and that's about all he deserved. You know? <laughs> um, my list might be a little bit more controversial. Oh. Because I've got the Grateful Dead on mine. Right. Um, right. And some of these are more rock bands and stuff like that. Bob Dylan, for one. Uh, I never understood really? the appeal of Bob Dylan. Yeah, I'm very popular, though. Uh, and, very and popular. The, and he's one of the most influential artists of all time. I, I never understood Bob Dylan's appeal. I, I like I like more of the cover songs right. that people did, you know, the, than his actual songs. Um, Pink Floyd. 
I never oh, got. I never wow. got the. I never got the whole. You thing know what? Me. When I worked at ninety six rock, though, there were a lot of like I know people. I get on, 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 In the rock of, world, I think, that I think most of their stuff is garbage. Yeah. Well, no, but I was gonna say there were actually some radio hosts that weren't big Pink yeah, Floyd I, fans. I, I, like, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, Oasis, like they were compared to the Beatles, and they compared themselves to the Beatles. Yeah. I, I never understood any of their music. Like I never. I, I don't think I like a single, single solitary <laughs> song that they had. Um, these ones are a little bit controversial. Rush, everybody thinks is one of the yeah, great bands of all time. Yeah, I was about to say, they're, 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 you're going to catch some heat on that one. Uh, Led Zeppelin. Definitely going to catch heat on, on I mean, Led Zeppelin. I mean, every song was like five, six, seven, eight minutes long. And <laughs> I, I, there are good songs from Led Zeppelin, okay? There are songs that I like from Led Zeppelin. But I, I just I didn't understand a lot of their music. Like a lot gotcha. of the stuff they play on radio, I'm right. just like, eh. Yeah. Um. These two bands are famous for being very influential okay. for their time, but I never understood them. The Sex Pistols okay. and the Ramones. The, Ramo- the, the Ramones? Never got either of them. I, I, never understood the I whole underst- punk rock thing. I was about to say, I did under- Ramones, I'm a little more like, I was a little more in tune with them. I could dig right. their stuff a little more. Yeah, I, I, um, I never understood, the, I never got the appeal of the Ramones or Sex Pistols. I know that they launched the punk movement right. and all these kind. Of, yeah. I know they're massively influential with all that. All right, you ready for these top two? Yep. Okay. Um, Drake. <laughs> I don't get the appeal of Drake. I I don't. He I, he. You know. And he, this new album, I've listened to some of the songs. Like I don't get. I don't understand the appeal. I know it's a little bit more dancey. Yeah. This album, I listen to some of the songs. I don't get the appeal of Drake. He's definitely catering to women with his career. I will say that. Like, cause I, I, when he first came out as, you know, and he was more rap, rap, uh-huh. I, I like Drake, but I just don't, I feel like most of his music does not cater to, to me. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like you. Like, I like him, I get him, but I think he's completely, he understands who his audience is. I get it. So he caters to the women. I think that's what's going on with him. Yeah. And, and again, maybe I've listened to just more of the radio stuff that they're always right. playing from, from his, I just, I don't, understand or get the appeal yeah and i've said this for my entire life um number one without a doubt bruce springsteen i don't i don't get i remember the we talked about that i don't get I the appeal of bruce springsteen yeah. what, what, what's his nickname uh the boss the boss yeah, yeah. yeah. every song's about a car like i don't understand <laughs> like i don't understand his appeal like like i hear about thunder road like there's nothing good about thunder road like to me like i i don't i don't think there's anything good about thunder road honestly the only and and that that album that he followed up um um, Born in the Born USA. In the USA. That, that album that he followed up with it, Tunnel of Love, mm-hmm. that is the biggest piece of trash garbage <laughs> album of all time. And and I, I like Born in the USA. And I understand right. Born in the USA is not a pro-American song, okay? But I like Glory Days and, and you know, um, uh, I'm on Fire mm-hmm. and absolutely love, um, um, oh, gosh, my brain just went dead. Um, um, Cover Me. I love okay. Cover Me. I love some of the songs of that album. Not so much Dance in the Dark because it's kind of ridiculous and all that, right. that video and everything. But I never understood like Thunder Road, that Tunnel of Love album that he followed up with it. That that's such a there, there's never been a bigger drop off from one album to the next than Born in the USA to Tunnel of Love. That was the biggest piece of garbage album, and it was like all hyped up. Yeah, well, I was about to say though the the concerts would uh would argue the the sellouts of the concerts would. Oh, uh, I get it. I understand. He's a musical legend in yeah. a lot of people's minds. I don't understand Thunder Road and all the 
you know, all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. I don't, I don't get the the whole appeal to him. And and again, he wanted to be Bob Dylan when he was first coming in and yep. all that kind of stuff. I, I I've I've never I've never understood the appeal at all for Bruce Springsteen. So hit us up with your list as well. 404-741-0929. Solomon Brothers Diamond text line also on my Twitter page at JMCH316. When we get back, Bob Nightingale joined us for our bi-weekly conversation with him, what he had to say about Austin Riley's contract, plus some other things as well. Chuck Reed in the Kia Studio, Sports Right Now the Game, Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuck. We're show live in the Key Studios Monday night with you. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media at 929 The Game. I'm at JMCH316. Well, Braves obviously made some big news today, even in their off day. Trade deadline coming up tomorrow. Lots of news going around Major League Baseball, it's out of the waitfor.com hotline. He is our Odyssey MLB insider. Of course, we talk to Bob Nightingale every other Monday, and insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. And, Bob, if you need a loan, I think I know a guy who plays third base for the Braves that might be able to hook you up. <laughs> exactly. He's such a, he's such a uh, great young man, too, so could be happy for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a – He's a superstar. May win the MVP this year. May win several MVPs. So very cool to see. You know, you and I specifically talked about the big three as far as Riley, Freed, and Swanson about their contracts and, and, you know, coming due over the next, obviously, Swanson a free agent this year. But Freed's got two more years. Riley had three more years. Are you surprised that the Braves took care of Riley first in that pecking order that we've talked about? Well, it might be a situation where they're talking, you know, talk to all three is my is my guess, and that rally says I'm, you know, I'm in, and uh, I'm willing to do something. So maybe, maybe the other two weren't or didn't like the offers they, uh, you know, it, uh, that was proposed to them. So you know, take two to tangle, and I think a, uh, you know, rally said, you know what, let me uh, let me do this. Uh, I, I think it's a great deal. Yeah, you know, he could if he wanted to become a free agent, he could earn a lot more money. He's comfortable there. He wanted to be a uh, with Atlanta for the rest of his career, and then he's got a chance to do that. You know, Bob, um, I, as well as many others, have taken our shots at Liberty Media over the years about being cheap and things like that. But the Braves have now moved themselves up into, you know, some of the big boy territory of, of payrolls, and depending on what happens with Swanson, Freed, and things like that, you know, this is a team that's not going to get the reputation here of being cheap anymore. They are – locking a lot of their core guys up, and they are spending some big money right now. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about dropping uh, $390 million in the corner infielders and uh, Riley and Olsen, you know, you, you know, and they uh, got some other guys locked up too. They're doing things that are smart, and they, uh, you know, doing things the right way, four straight division titles, even if they get a fifth this time. Uh, certainly, you know, another World Series contender for sure, but they're uh, – you know, they're building a team that we all saw back in the 90s and early 2000s with the 14 straight division titles that were perennial contenders, and they're doing this year after year. Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale joining us here on the waitford.com hotline. Do you, does this 
you think it all changed the idea of Dansby being back or not being back, or is it still too early to kind of figure out what may or may not happen with Dansby? With the, uh, I'm sorry, the MVP. No, no, I'm talking about as far as Dansby coming back next year. Does does this oh, does this okay. does this uh, yeah, does this Robbie contract uh, kind of move that one way or the it's other? Tough to know. Yeah, it's tough to know what he's worth. So if he signs early, he's going to say, you know what, I, I want to be here. Uh, yeah, you got Trey Turner coming out. You got Xander Bogarts coming out. You got Carlos Correa coming out. So I'm sure it's his mind too. Like I don't want to get left in the dust here. Uh, what he signs for may impact other free agent shortstops. So a tough decision. Uh, you know, if he signs early before he's a free agent, you know, maybe leaving some money on the table. But so be it if he's happy there, he's from there, he's, as you know, so popular there. So I would think they make every attempt to try to lock him up. Bob, uh, obviously Braves and Mets coming up later, you know, this week. Um, it gets cranked up for, you know, your good old-fashioned five-game series that we're going to see. Uh, but then, you know, less than two weeks later, they're going to play another four games down here in Atlanta. So you're going to have nine games within, you know, two, two and a half weeks, give or take, out there. How much do you think this is going to sway where the division race is going to go? Do you, do you think that we'll have a, a much clearer picture after this nine-game set or still a lot of baseball even after that? Yeah, I'd be surprised if we have a clear picture. If we have a clear picture, it means someone wants any of those nine games or all nine or something. It's just, uh, you know, it's going to come down to September. You know, somebody hits a, uh, somebody get hot in September, someone just start to fall apart, you know, no matter what happens here. I'm sure if you're Atlanta, you want to get close, uh, you know, at least leave those nine games uh, closer than three games, maybe, you know, within one or tied or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, two, uh, two great teams. I mean, those two teams and Dodgers have kind of separated themselves uh, from the pack here. Let me uh, – let's bounce around the league a little bit, Bob. Help me understand the Josh Hader trade. I understand that he's, you know, I think he's got one more year of arbitration before he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Is this just Milwaukee doesn't feel like they're going to sign him long-term? I mean, is that why they make this move now on him? Yeah, about a month ago I wrote that he was available, and I don't think people want him to believe it. But he thought they could still win without him. They do have Devin Williams, who was an all-star reliever. Uh, you know, they do have a uh, – you know, they, they got back Taylor Rogers from the Padres. So, you know, that helps too. Uh, and so, you know, they, they just think they're good enough, and at least this will allow them to, a, uh, you know, to, to continue. Uh, you know, to, to continue how great they are. And they, uh, you know, been – and they thought if they hung out to Hater and lost him, then I think, you know, they would have to go through a rebuild. Now they don't. You surprised we haven't seen more movement out of the Mets? I mean, you know, Trey Mancini moved today. I mean, obviously they're looking for offensive help. Are you surprised that they already haven't been real active at the trade deadline here? I know it's still tomorrow, but you would think that they were trying to get some things locked up and ready to go. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot, obviously a lot of activity tomorrow. So uh, what we see now, we're going to see a lot more. Uh, moves, you know, Mets, Phillies, that sort of thing. Uh, I'd be stunned if we don't see some major moves by, by both those teams tomorrow. Help me understand the Otani deal. I saw the report today said the Angels are not going to trade him at the deadline. Okay, I mean, I, I don't know. Help me understand, where is this thought process or why is this thought process 
of trading Otani? What what is it that I mean for a team that has not been afraid to spend money? Are they suddenly afraid that they're going to have to spend money to keep him there? They just don't know if he wants to stay. I mean, he, there was zero chance of him being traded. No chance. I you know when those reports came up, there's nothing ever to it. But this winter, they're going to have to find out, you know, whether he wants to stay or not. If he doesn't want to stay, they'll move him and get a bunch of prospects. So it's kind of up to him now to see what happens. But yeah, there was no chance they were going to trade him now. I think they're just they're listening only because they said, okay, we do move him this winter. Let's see who's interested in what they're willing to offer. So if you're <laughs> If you're the Angels and you lose Otani, I mean, what does that say about that Angels franchise? I mean, you and I have talked about this before that, you know, even with Trout and Otani, they don't win anything. And and they've been awful still this year. You know, at some point, do you have to blow the thing up? And and I know you've told me before that, look, they, they've made all their mistakes in, in signing pitchers, but Rendon doesn't look very like a very good signing right now. But at, at what point do they stop – throwing a bunch of bad money around to players and, and try to figure out a different way to do this. Because, man, you've got Otani, Trout, Rendon. I mean, you've got guys that you've invested massive capital in, but you've got no return out of any of that. No. I mean, Trout was a very good player, now very injury prone. I don't think he's been over 150 games since 2016. Rendon has been a big-time bust. And right now it looks like the uh, you know, worst contract in, in all of baseball. Uh so, again, zero from there. You know, didn't get much in the pool holes contract to Josh Hamilton. You go on and on. So, you got to invest money in pitching, and they haven't done so. Uh, you know, you know they get, now they got Otani, who can do both, obviously. So, the thing about Otani, he makes that team a lot of money. I mean, he makes them about $20, $25 million a year. So, there was a uh, no way they were going to trade him now because they didn't want to, you know, refund money to all these corporations and advertising firms, particularly from Japan. That uh, that gave the Angels money, so I think I think they'll trade him this winter. You know, if he says, you know, I don't think I want to be back. I don't want to go through a uh, tough times anymore. So trade me. Then I think if they do, you know, they can start, you know, building again those prospects and uh, and spending money. And the thing is, now he only makes five and a half million dollars a year, so he's the best bargain in all of baseball. Uh, Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale joining us here in the waitfor.com hotline. So if if we're looking at an offseason with potentially Otani and Soto being traded, I mean, is that potentially two of the biggest package trades that we'll have ever seen in Major League Baseball if those two guys are on the move in the offseason? It would be. I don't even know what you give up for Otani because it's like you're training for two, two players, you know, an all-star hitter, an all-star pitcher. Uh, I can't imagine what the return would be. You know, maybe uh, you know as good a return as we've ever ever seen. I mean, Soto might Soto probably get more of a return because you got him for uh, two more years compared to Otani one. But Soto doesn't make a team money like Otani does with all the uh, advertisements and marketing deals and everything else. So yeah, then you got a nice you know free agent class too with the shortstops. You know, when you're talking about a, a Trey Turner, uh, Carlos Correa. Alexander Bogart, uh, you know, Dansby Swanson. So there's going to be some nice position players there as well. And don't forget Aaron Judge, who just hit his 43rd home run tonight. Yeah, it's crazy to think about what this offseason could be, Bob. I mean, you know, you know, we usually get one, you know, maybe two kind of star players. But you think about, to your point, 
the caliber of the guys that could be on the move. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, you're the baseball guy in recent memory. I mean, the idea of Judge Soto, Otani, all those guys potentially becoming available. I don't know. Has there been a time in the offseason baseball where there's been that caliber of, of group of guys that have been available before? Maybe not. We had a uh, you know big offseason a couple of years ago, even last year. You know, well over a billion dollars spent on big contracts. You know, even with the uh, Seager getting getting his deal and uh, uh, a couple more three hundred million dollar players. But yeah, this one you're talking about. You know, uh, you know I don't think Judge would get three hundred if he does. You know, barely over three hundred. If somebody wants to lock up Soto, then you're talking over five hundred. I think Perez is a three hundred million dollar player. Same with Trey Turner. So yeah, this this winner could break all all the records as far as. Uh, free agent contracts. Who's better right now, the Yankees or the Astros? The Yankees are a better overall team, but when they go head-to-head, the Astros are a better team. Uh, there's one team in baseball, at least American League, that can beat the Yankees and the Astros. Uh, they played seven games this season. Astros won five of them, but the amazing stat is Yankees never once went to the plate with a lead because those two losses the Astros had were blown saves. So it's unbelievable how they get their number. I'm sure they're in their head. So it'll be you know fascinating if they have a meet up in the ALCS. I think that's one everybody wants to see. Uh, last thing for you, Bob. Are are you surprised at the Padres and the fact that they're doing this? You know, without without Vlad. I mean, without without Blake Snell really having any sort of good year whatsoever. I mean, are they? I know that they spend lots of money and they add lots of players. I get that. And they're obviously going to add Hater now. But are you amazed at what they've been able to do this year considering the the, the lack of contributions that they've gotten and, and obviously the players that have not played for them? Yeah, I mean, some guys have stepped up. But, you know, a lot of the guys haven't. Uh, you know, you know, you have Machado the first half. Now he's been struggling for the past month. You know, Kim has done well as a backup shortstop. Uh, you know, Joe Musgrove's been very good, Darvish. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Blake Snell's been a huge disappointment there. Uh, you know, the, the bullpen was a huge disappointment, too. You know, now they got that back in order with Josh Hader. So, yeah, I'm a, uh, you know, at least they're, they're hanging in there. That's why I think they're trying to go, you know, go for everything right now. I mean, they don't really have the uh, ability to have, you know, three guys are making over $300 million. You know, they've already got two in Tatis Machado. Uh, certainly Soto would, you know, blow that uh, blow that as well. But I think if they trade for Soto, keep him for a year, year and a half, and then flip him again, try to get some of those prospects back. But a very aggressive GM, and I think he realizes, hey, if I don't get Soto, there's a real good chance we'll not be playing a team that, that does have him, whether it's the Dodgers or the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Quick uh, follow-up: uh, Do they are they expecting Tatis back? Do they think that he's going to be back soon? He actually took betting practice for the first time today, and he's going to go to rehab assignment this weekend. So I would think we might, you know, as long as uh, you no know, further injuries or complications, I think we could see him back in the lineup in two weeks. Follow him on his Twitter page at B Nightingale. He is our Odyssey MLB insider. Excuse me, and Odyssey uh, Insider Calls are brought to you by Driveway.com. Head to Driveway.com today to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in Driveway's nationwide inventory. And Bob Nightingale, join us on the WaitFord.com hotline. Bob, as always, man, appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk in a couple of weeks here. 
All right, sounds great. Thank you, John. You got it. Trucker in the Key Studios, Sportsword Network, the game, and the Odyssey.com app. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.